Strategic Living with Brian Holmes, episode number 42, The Power of Releasing Forgiveness. Hey, this is Cliff Ravenscraft from PodcastAnswerMan.com, and you are listening to the Strategic Living Podcast with my great friend, Brian Holmes, who is now going to take your thinking to the next level. Welcome to the program. Well, I am Brian Holmes, and you have found the Strategic Living Podcast, where we are all about transforming minds, developing leaders, activating destinies, awakening dreams. Hey, we want to see you healed, your mind renewed and transformed. We want to see you discover who you really are and all that God has created you to be going to be a great day. Special thanks to my friend Cliff Ravenscraft for that intro. I trust you're ready to engage. I have a deep subject for you today that I believe is going to really be a help to you. Let's get started, everybody. Well, thank you so much for being with us on the program today. It is always an honor, truly an honor, that you would take of your time to engage us in this conversation about life about living life, about becoming all that God's called you to be, about reaching your full potential, about living strategically. I don't know about you, but life is going by really fast, and I have found that if one is not really careful, uh, they just get caught up in the river of life, and it just takes you wherever the river might be headed. For me, for my family, for those that I lead and coach and care about, I really want to see us Live life with intention, live life strategically, live life with a plan, and really live life in the specific lane that God has created us to run in. And I'm so excited that uh, you're here today and taking this time with us. Well, before we begin today, I want to just ask a favor of you again, if you would please. Uh, For those of you who have found this podcast, this radio show to be of help to you, I would like to ask if you would subscribe to us in iTunes And while you're there in iTunes, also give our online radio program, this podcast, a rating. You can give a one, two, three, four, or five-star rating, five being the best, one being not so great. I want you to be honest and, and have integrity and tell us what you really feel. But I tell you what, these reviews and these podcast ratings help us to Uh, be more recognizable, more visible to those who have not yet found this program. And I do believe with all of my heart that what we're providing here can transform minds, develop leaders, awaken dreams in people's hearts, and help them to become more of what God intended them to be. And I'd love to ask you to help us to achieve that very goal. Well, to do that, you can go to brianholmes.com forward slash iTunes. That will take you right to the iTunes area for our podcast And there you can rate the podcast, leave a review, and subscribe so that you can get this content on a regular basis. We'd so appreciate that. Uh, It'd just be a great thing if you'd do that for us. Well, what are we going to be talking about today? Let me just kind of launch off here with a couple of questions. Are you stuck, or have you ever been stuck in a cycle of grieving over something that has happened to you? Are you maybe holding on to anger and resentment or bitterness or frustration 
over a wrong that was committed against you at some point in your life? Has someone offended you? Has someone maybe really hurt you deeply? Has there been a point in your life where you were tremendously violated and what happened was not your fault, it wasn't fair, it certainly wasn't just or right, but it caused you great pain, it caused you great damage, and even maybe years later you're still struggling with that. Well, I want to ask you this question. If you're ready to be free of what's been holding you back, then I want to just say to you, this is the day. I'm going to share some principles here in a few moments that I believe will help you if you're willing to open up your heart Open up your mind. Be honest with yourself. You say, what do you mean be honest, Brian? Well, on this program and in my life, we're all about living life strategically, living life intentionally. And to do that, we have to live our life honestly, not only with other people, but even being honest with ourselves about what it is that hurts us, what it is that is holding us. We have to be willing to grapple with those issues of the heart that are keeping us from moving forward in our life and with those things that God's given us to do. As we discussed in our last episode, episode number 41, this is a matter of the soul. And as the soul goes, so goes our entire life. So in this episode, I'm going to share with you the power of forgiveness. Well, I want to begin, as always, with a scriptural principle as we dive into this feature segment. Matthew chapter 6, verse number 12. And then we'll read verse 14 and 15. 612 says, And forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. Other translations use a different terminology. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And verse 14 says this. Boy, this is a big one. For if you forgive others for their transgressions, then your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive you your trespasses. I'm going to read that again. Forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. Verse 14, for if you forgive others their transgressions, then your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your trespasses. I want you to notice in verse 14, 15, there's what I call the if-then principle. And I see this many, many, many times in Scripture. And then even in life principles, there is this idea of if we do this, then this will happen. It's the if-then principle. It says clearly in 14, if you forgive others, then your heavenly Father will forgive you. If you forgive others, then your heavenly Father will forgive will forgive you. Well, today's going to be a a stout one, folks. This passage is really amazing to me. Sometimes it frightens me a little bit, not that I'm claiming fear in my life, but it's daunting because it speaks volumes as to why many of us stay stuck 
while we stay bound, while we stay in absolute bondage to fear and hurt and pain and unforgiveness and all these things because we're not willing to release those that have done us wrong. And so we're going to talk about it today, and I trust you will hear with your heart so that your heart can be healed. Well, the implication of this text is that God's ability, capacity, or maybe better said, his willingness to release freedom and forgiveness to me is proportionate and directly tied to my ability, my capacity, and my willingness to forgive others. As we know, God will never violate the will of man, and if we elect not to forgive someone, not to release them, not to call the books reconciled, if we elect to hold something in our hearts against someone else, then we literally tie God's hands. We prohibit him, as it were, from doing what he can do, which is to forgive, to release us, and to call the books reconciled. It's quite amazing to me to think that so many people choose not to forgive. And I know that a lot of people say, oh, yeah, I've forgiven him, you know, but there's always a but that follows the, well, I've already forgiven them. And as I say often, there's just too many buts in this world. Uh, there's too many uh, caveats that we place on our willingness to let someone else off the hook. Unforgiveness becomes a monumental liability in my life. Given the fact that I'm unable to make progress when my own wagon is laden with all kinds of baggage that I have consciously chosen to hold on to. We'll look more at this as we get into this today. I want to give you a an example that is going to be drawn from the Bible. Matthew chapter 18, there is a, a tremendous dialogue that takes place between Peter and Jesus concerning this whole forgiveness idea. And I think it would help us to look at this because Jesus, as he often did, uh, fell back on a parable or a metaphor so that we could understand how God himself looks at this forgiveness principle. So let's look at 18.21 of the book of Matthew. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Seven times? Is, is that enough? Surely, you know, one scripture says, if your brother strikes you, turn the other cheek. And you've heard it said that, you know, yeah, I'm going to turn my cheek one time. After that, it's on. It is on. But Peter even goes so far as to say, well, seven times, if he does me wrong, seven times, and I forgive him, is that enough? Can I then just, you know, beat the guy? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Well, let's do the math. That's 490 times. I'm not sure that I've ever been wronged by the same person 490 times. So I think what Jesus was communicating here was that you forgive as many times as it takes. I don't think there's some magic formula in the number 490. I think he's really saying to Peter, who, by the way, we know was hard-headed, stubborn, hot-tempered, 
full of anger on so many levels. I think he was talking to him, say, look, man, Peter, look, if, if some guy beats you down 685 times, just forgive him. And Jesus then goes on to explain. He says, for this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he had begun to settle them, one of these slaves, one of these servants, owed him 10,000 talents. And this man did not have the means to repay 10,000 talents. So his Lord commanded him to be sold along with his wife and his children and sell every possession the man had so that repayment could be made. This was a hefty debt because the price for this debt was slavery for himself, for his wife, and for his children. And they would lose everything they had acquired to this point in their life. So this slave fell to the ground and prostrated himself before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay you everything. Please cut me some slack. Give me an opportunity. I want to make this right. And the Lord of that slave felt compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. But that slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And he seized him, began to choke him, saying, Pay me what you owe me. So his fellow slave fell to the ground and began to plead with him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay. That sounds familiar. I believe the, the first servant said the same thing to his Lord. And now this guy is asking the same thing for a much smaller debt. But he was unwilling, and he went and threw this slave in prison until he should pay back what was owed. So his fellow slaves saw what happened. They were deeply grieved. They came and reported to their Lord all that had happened. Then summoning him, his Lord said to him, You wicked slave. I'm, I would love for that to be translated into modern-day English. I'm pretty sure it didn't go quite that simply. He said, I forgave you all of the debt that you owed simply because you asked, you pleaded with me, and I acquiesced to your request. Should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slave? That's a fair question. Verse 34 says, and his Lord moved now with anger. Now remember, first he was moved with compassion toward him. Now he is moved with anger. He handed him over to the torturers. One translation says tormentors until he should pay all that was owed him. So the lesser slave with the lesser debt was handed over to prison until he could pay it back. But this Lord, moved with anger, turned this man over to tormentors until he could pay everything that was owed. Verse 35, my heavenly Father, Jesus' words, my heavenly Father will also do the same to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. Do what? I would propose to you, that that person who refuses to forgive his brother from their heart, boy, that's key, from their heart, not with your head, not with your words, not because you know it's the right thing to do theoretically, 
but truly from the depths of your heart, that person who who chooses not to forgive his brother, I believe, is turned over to torment. Let's back up now and look at this. Scholars tell us that one talent, one talent was worth more than 15 years' wages. So this first slave who owed this massive debt to his lord owed, let's just say, somewhere between 600000 and $1 million U.S. dollars in today's currency. So let's just draw this comparison here. Let's just round it to a million. Let's just make it a million dollars. The lesser slave owed the other slave one denarii, which was essentially one day's wage, maybe $100 U.S. in today's currency, today's values. So 100 denarii was roughly 10,000 to 15,000 compared to the other slave that owed 1 million, 1%. Crazy. Absolutely unbelievable. So what does Jesus mean when he commands us to forgive? What does he mean when he encourages us to understand that if we don't forgive, we can't be forgiven? Well, the word forgive in the original Greek language means to send away or to let off. Go your way and sin no more. You will not be held responsible for the consequences of your previous sin, that which you have requested forgiveness for. It means to send away or to let them off. Let them off the hook. It also means to pardon or to remit, which means to erase, to treat as though the debt was never owed and the offense was never levied. Number three, it means to overlook an offense. It means to literally not see the offense. To If someone does something egregious and terrible and wrong and it's offensive, it means to act as though the offense did not happen. And I love this definition from the original Greek. Forgive means to treat the offender as if they were not guilty. It's not enough just to say, I forgive you. Can you from your heart engage in conversation and relationship with someone and treat them as if the offense never took place? Can you treat someone as not guilty? You know, only man competes with with God's deity and his sovereignty. And I say that somewhat tongue-in-cheek because God gives us the ability to choose. So we can choose not to forgive. And in doing so, we're competing with God because God chooses to forgive. You can choose not to love. You can choose actually to embrace a, a feeling, an attitude, even a spirit of hatred towards someone. That's a choice, ladies and gentlemen. It is a choice to be bitter. It is a choice to hold a grudge. It is a choice to speak ill of someone because they did you wrong at some point. It is a choice to belittle and to demean. It is a choice to send darts, fiery darts across the room when you look at a person who hurt you. It's a choice. 
You can choose not to serve God. You can choose to make it your business to destroy someone's reputation. You can choose to make it your business to uh, destroy their heart and their feeling, to crush their spirit as a result of maybe a mistake they made or even a choice they made. You can choose to do that. You can choose to bring division or you can choose to bring unity. Understand this. Once you make this choice, God will not violate it. Did you hear what I said? God will not come in and overturn your decision. He'll let you live with it and live with the consequences of it. He will allow us to live with the fruit of our decisions and choices. So while God will not violate my choice to hold unforgiveness in my heart, I will be judged by that same choice. If I choose not to forgive, God will honor my choice, but then he will be bound to his own word and he will not be able to release forgiveness to me. Otherwise, he would be violating his own word. So there are two types of forgiveness. There's unconditional, which we experience at salvation, and we can also, in our Christ-like state, we can extend that to other people. There's also conditional forgiveness. And this is more in line with our willingness to forgive, but it still is without condition. True forgiveness is without condition. You might say, well, Brian, you have absolutely no idea how much of a travesty was perpetrated against my life, against my family. You have no idea what that person said or did. You don't know uh, what happened when I was a child and a family member violated my, my body, my emotions, my mind. You don't know what happened. You don't know what that husband did to me. You don't know what that wife did. You don't know what that friend did to stab me in the back and to absolutely violate the trust I had given them. You don't know. I may not know exactly the details of your experience, but I've lived 47 years now, and I can tell you hundreds of times I've been violated. Many, many times, even in recent days and weeks, people have said false things against me. I've had people who I thought had my back that Given the first opportunity, they turned, they walked away, and they left me hanging. I know what that feels like. You've heard my story on this program. If you're a frequent listener, you know that at a very young age, I was uh, molested, and I was taken advantage of, and I was pained in so many ways because of the emotional scarring that took place in my life. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, for years, I've had the choice to forgive or to not forgive. Those that know my story know that for 22 years I carried that because I did not know how to release that person. Maybe you're saying, well, I don't know about you, Brian, but I could never forgive so-and-so. I could never forgive that group. I could never forgive that pastor. I could never forgive that boss. I could never forgive my husband or my wife. Never? It's a strong vow. So the choice is yours. True, unconditional forgiveness is not easy to achieve. The price of letting somebody off the hook is great. In fact, it could cost you everything. 
You don't believe that? Look at Jesus himself. He was our example. He was our model. He was the template that now we look to to see how this whole deal works because he elected to stand in proxy and release forgiveness for the very people who falsely accused him, falsely judged him, and killed him with no just cause. I want you to remember this statement. If you're where you can write it down, I would encourage you to write it down. True forgiveness denies the self that demands its rights. True forgiveness denies the self that demands its right. True forgiveness is not extended with a list of conditions so that you can be recompensed. True forgiveness is wiping the slate clean, forgiving and forgetting, letting it go and releasing it, calling the account settled in full. When it comes to true forgiveness, we can place no demands for that forgiveness. True forgiveness completely dissolves the carnal desire to get back or to get even or to pay back or to expose even. True forgiveness brings an end to the internal trauma and the desire to lash out externally. It brings an end to it. You say, well, is it true, Brian, that some people never forgive? Absolutely. There are people that simply cannot bring themselves to a place where they realize that their their decision to hold unforgiveness towards someone is actually doing more damage to them than it is the person that needs their forgiveness. I'm not sure you heard what I said. You being unwilling to forgive someone is causing you much more pain, much more damage, and it is holding you back more than it's hurting the other person to which you are directing your unforgiveness. Remember our scripture. The Lord was moved with anger and handed this slave over to tormentors until he should repay all that was owed to him. Could it be that the reason some people are so angry, so frustrated, so miserable, so disillusioned, somehow incapable of just ever breaking out and breaking free and stepping into the destiny, the calling, the life, the the success, the prosperity, the fun that life has offered to them by way of the cross. Could it be the reason most people can't get there is because they are tormented in their mind and in their heart, not because of what happened to them, but because they've been turned over to tormentors because of their unwillingness to forgive the person who did that to them. Could it be that they know nothing of the peace of God because somewhere in their past they made a vow, they made a decision, they've made a choice, they refuse to offer true, authentic forgiveness to their brother or to their sister or to their friend 
or to their husband or to their wife. You see, unforgiveness binds us with bitterness. It binds us together with anger. It actually robs us of joy, happiness, freedom, and replaces it with these other characteristics. The great hindrance, I believe, in forgiving others comes out of our lack of willingness many times to take an honest look at ourselves and our own need for forgiveness. Can I tell you what I've learned in 47 years? Hurting people hurt people. I'm going to say it again. Hurting people hurt people. And I will promise you, if you are living in a state of unforgiveness where you are unwilling to forgive someone who has wronged you, the consequences of that are that your heart is not healed, your heart is not right. Therefore, you will have a greater propensity to hurt someone else or hurt other people. Therefore, the very thing you're longing for, you are actually doing damage to other people in the meantime. When we begin to recognize and acknowledge our deep need, our own personal need for being forgiven, I believe it will not be difficult to offer forgiveness to someone else. True forgiveness chooses to hurt. True forgiveness chooses to suffer for the sins and the wrongs of others. Just say, you know what, I'll take it, but I want to release them. Jesus himself modeled this. He suffered and died for his enemies. He suffered and died for all of the sins past, present, and future. Can I just share this with you? Unforgiveness is a poison. It's a toxin. It is a cancer. It literally eats you from the inside out. It destroys hope. It robs us of destiny. And as we are moving through this little segment today, I want to say to you that it's not worth holding on to. It is not helping you to get where you want to be. It is certainly not helping you to arrive at the destination that God has selected for you. Just forgive. Let it go. I promise you, you'll feel better having released it and let it go than you feel right now. Mark 11, 22 to 26 says this, And Jesus answered, saying to them, Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted him. Now that's a powerful promise that is related, but can also be framed in a different way as unrelated to what we're talking about. But let's continue. Verse 24 says, Therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them, and they will be granted you. Now watch this, 25. All in the same breath. He's saying, look, whatever you can believe God for, and when you speak to it, it'll happen if you believe it in your heart and don't doubt. But then he gets down here in the same breath, the same context. He says, whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone so that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive you your transgressions, But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father who is in heaven forgive your transgressions. The same breath, my unwillingness to release forgiveness to someone else can actually stand between me and the activation, the manifestation of my faith. So I want to encourage you to ask yourself the following questions today. Am I being completely honest with myself 
and with others about areas in my heart where I am harboring unforgiveness? Are there people, are there circumstances, are there events that have taken place in my life that I have yet to reconcile so that my soul can be healed? Another question, am I tired of carrying the burden of this weight and carrying the the mess associated with that event? Is there actually a way that I can release this? Am I tired of carrying the burden? Have you ever asked this question? Why aren't my prayers being answered? Well, we just read that in Mark 11. Will I choose to be free? And have I truly forgiven the person or the persons responsible for injuring me, hurting me, harming my heart, my mind, my spirit, interrupting and interfering with my destiny? Have I released them to God? Have I truly forgiven them and released them completely to the Lord? The Bible says, freely you have received, now freely give. And I believe that that scripture can very easily and rightfully be applied to this principle. God so freely gave forgiveness to me. He released me from the consequences of my own wrongdoings. And therefore, he expects me to do the same thing. And to not do that is to elect to be in bondage. You say, Brian, how do I do that? man? How, how do I come to the place where I am able to really grapple with this and reconcile this in my own heart so that I can then reconcile it outside of myself? How can I do this? Well, first of all, I would tell you that probably on your own you might not be able to. But Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mark 9.23, all things are possible to them that believe. Some declarations and truths that you need to know uh, and even speak out loud are things like, my ability to forgive determines my ability to be forgiven and saved. Or how about this declaration? Being honest in all areas of my life is the most difficult task I have, especially being honest with myself, but I choose to be honest. You see, it's impossible to be honest with others if you're not being totally honest with yourself. Dr. Phil McGraw said this years ago, and I I use this all the time, I cannot change what I am not willing to acknowledge. So what is it, my friend? What is it that has been eating you from the inside out? What is it that has been keeping you stuck and holding you in place? What is it that you have allowed to just wreak havoc in your heart and in your mind over these years, over these months, over these weeks? Are you going to let that thing eat you up? Are you going to say, you know what, I don't have to deal with this. I'm going to turn this over to someone who is much more capable of handling it, and I'm going to release this offender. I'm going to release them. I'm going to forgive their debt to me. I'm going to forgive their their lies. I'm going to forgive their violations. I'm going to forgive the fact they turned their back on me. I'm I'm going to let it go. He's given you the power of choice. So what will you do? Well, I want to give you a few steps right now, seven steps that I believe you can take today to be utterly and totally free from anything that's been holding you in the past that's related to unforgiveness. Please take time to go through this process. Number one, I want you to name the person or the persons responsible for hurting you. 
You might have to name four or five different things that have happened to you in your lifetime. I want you to get still and allow your mind and your heart to go there. Yes, it's going to hurt. Yes, tears may flow. Yes, it may be a little bit difficult, but I'm trying to get you somewhere. Name the person or the persons who have hurt you. Write their names down. And then I want you to out loud before the Lord acknowledge that there are unresolved issues in your heart. Acknowledge it. Yes, this stuff is here. It's, it's tearing me up. It's destroying my heart. It's keeping me from becoming what God's called me to be. Yes, God, I acknowledge this. Number three, pray and ask him, your heavenly father, to give you the grace and the courage to open up your hands because you've been holding on tight. Just open them up and to let those individuals go. Number four, release them from the cord of your unforgiveness. And number five, you be released from the prison of your unforgiveness. Six, forgive, let them go, remember no more. Number seven, receive freedom and allow your heart to be healed. One more time. Name the persons. Acknowledge that you have unresolved issues in your heart. Pray and ask God to give you the grace and the courage to deal with it, to let them go. Then release them from the cord of your unforgiveness, and then you be released from the prison of your unforgiveness. Forgive them, let them go, Remember no more. Receive freedom and allow that place in your heart to heal. My friends, I encourage you today to experience the power of forgiveness. You might be saying right now, Brian, I don't know if I can do it. Well, that's not true. I know you can. You say, I'm, I'm not sure that I want to. Well, that may be more accurate. But if you want your life to be released, to move toward fullness, to move toward prosperity and blessing and excitement and flow, I promise you this forgiveness piece will have to be dealt with before you can go there. So if you really desire a different level in life, if you desire to be promoted, to be released, to be propelled into a new season, If this is spoken to you, I'm asking you, I'm imploring you, experience, choose to, choose to experience the power of forgiveness. Well, I trust, boy, I felt this one heavy today. I hope it wasn't too much for you. But my heart is to see you free. My heart is to see you healed. And I tell you what, this unforgiveness piece will eat you alive. And it's time now for you to let it go. As the song in Frozen says, let it go, baby. Let it go. Just let it go. Well, a couple of quick announcements for you as we wrap up today's episode. Uh, We had to abruptly and without really planning it this way, we had to change our webinar uh, the other day. We had scheduled it for Wednesday, the 21st of May, and due to unexpected circumstances, we had to postpone the webinar, Change Your Mind, Change Your World. I apologize for that. 
Certainly never my intent to reschedule at the last minute, but things came up and I could not uh, do anything about that. So we have rescheduled the webinar to June the 11th at 7 p.m. So Wednesday, June the 11th at 7 p.m. We'll be doing Change Your Mind, Change Your World. I invite you to be a part of that. You can find out more at brianholmes.com forward slash teleseminar. I am so pumped and so excited to tell you that next week, that is going to be on the 20, gosh, I don't have a calendar in front of me. I believe it's the 20, no, the 30th. It'll be the 30th of May. My guest on this program is going to be none other than my dear friend, great leader, great mind, great, awesome guy, Ray Edwards. He's been on once before. We had a phenomenal conversation, and this time is going to be no different. So please tune in next week. You're going to hear a phenomenal discussion between two guys that have a passion to see you become all that you were called to be. Also, I mentioned last week that we're going to be launching a mastermind group here in the DFW area sometime in the fall of this year. And if that has an interest, uh, if you have an interest in that for some reason, if you believe that maybe that's something you want to be a part of, I cannot tell you enough about the value of a mastermind group. If you did not hear our interview with Dan Miller just a little while ago, uh, maybe three episodes ago, please go back and listen to that because that will help you to understand the value of what a mastermind group can do in your life. We're going to be opening one up here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I'd love for you to be a part of it. Send us an email. Send us a uh, contact form or maybe even a voicemail through our website. We'll be happy to put you on the, the waiting list for that mastermind group. Also, quickly, if you'd like to have us talk to you about possibly coaching you or helping you with what you're working on, just uh, contact us at brianholmes.com. We'd love to talk to you about that as well. Well, quickly, call to action. If you'd like to comment on this episode, I'd love for you to do that. Go to brianholmes.com forward slash 042. Go down in the show notes to the very bottom there and leave your comments, your questions, your engagement with us. Let us know what it is that you're thinking about and how we can serve you in some way. Well, that does it for this episode. Well, once again, thank you for being with us. Always awesome to have you engage with us in conversation. Share this with your friends. I know there's people out there that needs to hear this message. So share it with your friends, your associates, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Google+. Plus all these wonderful places where we engage life. Well, until next time, remember this. You are made in His image. You are designed for a specific purpose. You are destined for greatness. The entire world is waiting for you to show up and be who you is and do what you do. Hey, we care about you deeply. Until next time, God bless. We'll see you back here next week.